0: It is another packed show this week and we have a North American feel to things as we gear up for life in the desert and Indian Wells in October. I'm Seb Lozier and shortly we will hear from two Americans both putting together very impressive seasons. We're also in the Tennis United camp where American WTA star Jennifer Brady joins forces with Canada's top-ranked player Felix Auger-Aliassime to swap coaching tips but first and on the theme of coaching, on the ground in Indian Wells over the next couple of weeks will be Jill Krabus, and she's been spending some time with Team Corder. Seb's parents, Peta and Regina, are always on hand. That is no mean team in itself. Andre Agassi is on speed dial, but the man looking after the day-to-day with Seb is Dean Goldfine, and he's been speaking with Jill. First
1: of all, Dean, thank you so much for joining us here. Um, I've heard so many great things about you as a coach from numerous players. You've coached a lot of high caliber players, Martin, Roddick, Haas, Malise. Um, I think this is kind of a loaded question, but as far as your coaching philosophy, how do you approach dealing with so many different styles, personalities, what's your kind of go-to from that angle?
2: Well, I mean, really, you know, the most important thing is, is that, you know, before you really start working with someone, you know, uh, trying to change things. Um, you really, it's important that you get to know them. Know what they respond to, what what they don't respond well to. Um, you know, and, and, and then once you do that, you can start kind of trying to, you know, get someplace, make changes. Um, you know, and, and, and that's the biggest thing, is that just everybody's different. And and I think that's the thing that, that I've learned from working with so many different players and so many different personalities, um, is that everybody is different. Everybody has their own style, um, the way they receive things, um, the way they respond to certain things. And, um, you know, and, it, and so it's so important that you get to know that person first, you know. And then what you do, again, I mean, there's no... Substitute you you have to go out there and and you have to put in the time Um, You know, I think uh, You know, Andy Roddick said it best you know is that um, You know that this this is not not just this sport but anything I mean, you know, you have to approach this as a job You know and, and not as a hobby and and you know, you've got to put in in your work, you know on the court Off the court doing the little things that are going to make a difference and and you know And then when you can put it all together that's when you, you know, really see results.
1: And as, and as far as currently coaching, you're coaching one of the best up-and-coming talents on the tour now, Sebastian Corda. Just work, started working with him in 2017. What in particular impressed you about him from the beginning?
2: Just, you, you could see, uh, you know, how, how talented he was, how gifted he was, um, you know, but again, that's only gonna take you so far. Um, and then obviously, too, the, the, you know, one of the things that, that really, you know, I thought was, was something that was special was, you know, the way that, that Peter and Regina, you know, um, went about things. You know, they weren't so worried about, back in 2017, you know, when he was 16 years old, they weren't so, you know, focused in on his results, but more on his development. And, um, you know, and, and, and that is something that I think a lot of people... Um, you know, they don't do, um, you know, they're worried about the results at that, that age is, and, and yes, obviously, you know, you, you want some results, but, but the, you know, you can't overlook a, a player's development, and, um, you know, and, and that was something that, that really stood out to me.
1: And as far as i mean you brought up his, his parents peter and regina and i know you guys have done some just some recent work with agassi and graph as well just having all that input and feedback and being able to work all together as a team i mean that's a lot of inf- information how do you manage that how do you keep track of that what did he learn from especially that experience going to, to, with agassi and graph and working with you
2: well i think the thing with that is that you know because there are some different voices but ultimately peter is is you know, he's the driver of the bus, you know, and, and, and so it's important that we all, you know, work th- kind of through Peter, you know, um, like I'm not going to go and make some changes, you know, without talking to Peter about it first, you know, and, 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 and so, um, you know, that's the I think the most important thing is that ultimately it's, you know, I wouldn't say it's it's one voice, but there's a similar voice in, you know, in, in that what we're all saying to him. And, you know, in, in regards to, you know, Sebi's trip out to Vegas and the time he spent up there, I think, you know, one of the biggest things was, um, you know, just the belief, you know, Andre, you know, obviously, you know, Peter obviously was a great player, number two in the world, but it's his dad. Me, um, obviously I've coached a lot of great players, but I've never been there, but Andre's been there. Andre's been number one in the world. He's won grand slams. Obviously, a great champion and Steffi as well. Obviously, um, you know. So I think you know. Um, also coming from them, um, it's it's you know something special.
1: Was there was there a particular advice that that was given to him from them in particular since they since they've been there? They've had those multiple slams. Number one.
2: Not really. You know, him him believing himself. Him believing that that listen. You know, you you can do this. You know, you have the ability. You know, and there's obviously no guarantees, but. You know, you have the ability, you have the work ethic to, to you know, be a champion, to be a Grand Slam champion and, and, you know, and make it to the top of this game.
1: And, you know, there's obviously there's quite a few things that impressed me about Sebastian. Um, but as far as like how he carries himself on the court, that calm demeanor he has, is that something that you feel like is just innate in him? He's, has he had to work on that?
2: He's had to work on it. He's had to work on it. I mean, you know, um, he's he is... Uh, you know a pretty laid back and calm person but obviously when you get in the heat of you know of of the battle you know the matches um, you know sometimes uh, you know things can can get you know you can get a little lose it a little bit get a you know get a little upset out there but but he's worked hard on it and and hard at it and he's gotten a lot lot better and, and yes I mean he's he's doing a great job out there.
1: And something I also read, um, an article that you did earlier about um, emphasizing, in particular, still competing and looking to win matches when you're not playing well, which happens pretty often on the tour. You're not going to play well all, all the time. Um, how, what's the focus in those situations when you maybe aren't playing your best? Are there certain things you focus on or that he focuses on in those moments? Um,
2: I wouldn't say there's certain specific things that he focuses on. I think it's more that figuring out if something's not working that day, um, you know, what is working? What, what can I do to, you know, to, to try and give myself, to give myself the best chance to win this match? Um, you know, because, yeah, I, I mean, as, as you know, I mean, you, you go out there in a lot, a lot of days. Most days, not everything is working certain days, something's working, another day, another thing's working. Maybe you're serving well a certain day, maybe you're hitting your backhand really well another day. So, um, you know, it's just about, you know, figuring out while you're out there, you know, what is working, you know, what, what can I do to give myself the best chance to win this match?
1: And then also, obviously he's had a great, probably last year in particular, rise up the rankings, got his first title in Parma, is at his high ranking right now. What, what do you feel recently has worked so well for him and what, do, what are you looking to still improve in particular in his game?
2: the thing that that's really you know helped him a lot is, is he's definitely looking to you know be a more aggressive player I mean he is aggressive player but but you know um, he tends to occasionally um, you know maybe drift back a little bit maybe wait sometimes for, for the other person to make mistakes and and you know when you're playing the top players, you you can't do that. You know they're 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 not going to give you matches. Or very seldom will they just give you matches. And you have to go out there and you have to win them and you have to take take it to them. And um, you know so just just getting him to play an aggressive style of game. You know a style of game that really suits his strengths. Um, you know looking to move forward. He's got great hands. You know I'd like to see him obviously get to the net a little bit more. Finish points off up there. Um, you know the, the, that's some of the things that he's doing well and, and some of the things that moving forward. You know we're looking to continue to try and improve
1: and i know i know last year in particular he got some opportunity at the u.s open to practice with a lot of the of the the top guys and you can always learn things from that i think the fact that he had that repetition from the top guys was there something that in particular that he learned about that or was surprised when he got that opportunity
2: i mean i think the most important thing was just seeing that he can play with those guys you know i think you know that that he was out there and you know last year at that time i mean he was playing you know I, I i know he practiced with rublev um i'm trying to remember who else you know some of the other guys but yeah some of the top guys but you know he was he was hanging in there with all of them you know nobody was blowing him out you know he maybe won a couple sets he lost a couple sets most of them were one break here or there and um you know but but i think that was the biggest thing just just again you know seeing that hey i i i can hang with these guys i, I belong out here and you know as you know You know, a big part you know half the battle is just believing you know in yourself and believing that that you can compete at that level and then i think once you do that you know then obviously you know the other stuff in regards to your game you know then that's where that that comes into play
1: i I always felt like the believing thing is is interesting to me because you can't really just switch on and go okay all of a sudden i believe so is it about those repetitions or is it about i mean what else is about maybe playing pressure moments over and over again the experience what for you in particular helps that belief. well I, I
2: definitely I mean that being in those situations you know and that's what I, one of the things you really try and you know preach to Sebi is is you know like at Wimbledon obviously lost a tough one to catch enough, you know and, and and you know I so I said to him you know he was very disappointed so after the match I said to him well when was the last time you know that you were in the fifth set you know to go into the quarterfinals of Wimbledon and he hadn't been this was obviously his first Wimbledon as a professional so you know again that's that's the thing i mean is is that you can't expect i mean there's very few players and those are the ones really that are the you know not i wouldn't even say the federer but maybe the sampras you know the agassi that that are in those situations you know and that the first time that they're successful most of those guys you know the first time they're in those situations they fail you know and and, and you know and so it's it's a matter of then understanding why you failed and then again, putting yourself in those situations more times, more time more times, right? To where then it becomes normal. It's not a big deal, right? I mean, because obviously for him, you know, to get to the quarterfinals at Wimbledon was huge. And, and and listen, even what he did, obviously, I mean, I thought it was amazing what he did on center court there against Dan Evans to get to the round of sixteen. Again, first time ever on center court at Wimbledon, you know, the Mecca of tennis. And I mean he handled it like a champ, you know, so so you know, that was something special. It didn't handle the next situation quite so well. Obviously losing his serve so many times in the fifth set there. But, again, the most important thing is learning from it, putting himself in those situations more often. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure the more he gets in those situations, he's going to handle it a lot better next time.
1: Well, we're looking, very looking forward to seeing a lot more of him play. Super exciting to watch. That's a great perspective and outlook. Thank you so much for your time, and we wish you the best of luck, both of you.
0: Thank you, Joe. Thanks and Jill Krabus will be on site throughout the BNP Paribas Open in Indian Wells with more great interviews for the podcast and also of course for the live coverage which gets underway on Thursday the 7th of October on ATP Tennis Radio put that in your diary you're listening to the ATP Tennis Radio podcast available on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and atptour.com Next up, we have two young Americans who've both been in action over the past week. Marcos Giron, who made the semifinals in Sofia, Bulgaria. And first of all, a young man who may have lost out to Andre Rublev in San Diego, but who's still very much in the mix for the next-gen finals. That is Brandon Nakashima. Both players have been speaking with Mike Cation. Brandon, obviously,
3: it's been quite a summer for you. Um, and frankly, a pretty quick ascent here for you over the last year, year and a half. And I'm just wondering if you're able to take it all in or are you just continuously looking ahead and forward to what's next in front of you?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm always try to take it in as much as possible uh, at all these tournaments, um, you know, having those couple good weeks and uh, those in those hardcore tournaments during the summer uh, was obviously great for my game and, and confidence out there and uh, it's definitely has helped me uh, to get into these, these bigger events. So I think it's, it's great to see uh, all my hard work paying off out there, and, and you know, coming from uh, kind of a slow clay court season uh, over there in Europe, uh, I think as that experience also has helped me get through some of these matches on the hard court.
3: How, how do you mean? What, what, how has that actually translated to hard court success?
4: Uh, well, you know, over in Europe, uh, I spent like three months over there uh, traveling to a bunch of different tournaments and, and experiencing a lot of new things. And, and, you know, I lost a couple tight matches over there uh, that could have gone either way. So, so I think learning from those experiences kind of helps me get over the line in some of these hardcore tournaments. And, and you know, I could have Easily lost uh, early in, uh, in Los Cabos and also in Atlanta. Uh, had a couple tight matches, but, but was able to, to pull away from those. So, so I think those experiences in, uh, in Europe has definitely helped uh, in those situations.
3: You mentioned that you spent several months over in Europe. It has been, on, on the men's side especially, it's been very rare for an American to go over and do that over the last several years. Can you explain the thought process of why you did that and what you think long term is the benefit?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, I was talking with my coaches uh, at the beginning of it, and, uh, you know, they, they all kind of agreed that uh, that having that long clay court season over there, just experiencing it, whether, whether I did well or not, it was going to help me long term and, and try to get used to the clay court as much as possible. Uh, you know, uh, as an American, you don't play on clay as much as the Europeans over there, so So I think just getting that experience under my belt, spending a lot of time over there, away from home, away from the US, uh, will I think definitely help me long-term in the future. One of the coaches you've been working with
3: is Dusan Vimic. Um, Obviously a very good player in his own right, about 10, 15 years ago, I don't wanna say too much, but I know he's sensitive about his age, but um, also is obviously he's, he's spent a good amount of time with Novak Djokovic over the years as well. What has he brought to your game in terms of some of the things maybe he's learned from Novak in his process as well that is translating to you?
4: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously uh, really smart uh, with the game and everything, uh, knows all the little things that, that you need to, uh, to do in order to become that, that highest level, uh, you know, working with, uh, with Djokovic for uh, that time. Uh, and, you know, it's obviously helped me uh, connect with Djokovic too in a way. Being able to uh, to practice some weeks with him over there in Europe and at the U.S. Open last year, so uh, so you know I think that obviously helps my game and my mental game, while also his his tactics and everything uh, with with these matches has uh, is always uh, good for me out there. You mentioned as well that it wasn't the most successful in terms of the,
3: the results over there. When somebody asked me about a year and a half ago about some of the young Americans, I mentioned you and I said, what I don't know is how he's going to do when he hits his first rough patch. How do you, how did you respond? How were those moments when you were a bit low, especially considering you've been away from home for so long, really the first time you've done that?
4: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it it was tough over there. Um, You know, you, it was actually kind of the first time where I experienced that, that, low kind of part of the season where i lost a couple first rounds in a row and uh, you know i didn't really know what to expect that much but uh, but you know i think i've i've learned a lot from it and uh i mean when i when i turned professional uh, beginning of last year i I knew that that there was going to be times where where yes i was doing well winning a lot of matches and other times where i would be struggling your problem solving has always been so
3: impressive um, to, to just even a casual viewer like myself, Brandon. Um, w- how much of that is instinctual? How much of that are, are, are things that you've learned from Doosan and other coaches?
4: Um, yeah, I think, I think growing up, uh, especially in the juniors and also in college, uh, I've always had that kind of problem solving mindset whenever I'm out there, when uh, you know, things aren't going the way that I want um but but you know it's 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 obviously different in the pro aspect and and that's why you have coaches like like and also i've been working with uh, a little bit with jose higeris from the usta a little bit so uh, you know though them kind of telling me their experiences in the past with um with matches and and also um their their expertise out there has definitely uh Helped me uh, be able to problem solve out there in these matches if uh, if I'm not playing as well or not really not really sure what to do out there sometimes.
3: Um, Riley Opelka, a couple of years ahead of you, with Taylor Fritz, with Tommy Paul, Francis Tiafo. Now there's this new generation of young American men: yourself, Sebastian Corda, and Jensen Brooksby, as well. How much have, did those four players in particular mean to you as you were 15, 16? Um, and, and I'm wondering if you feel that you guys are starting to push them a little bit in terms of their mentality.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think so a little bit. Um, you know, yeah, when I was maybe 15, 16, growing up in the juniors, uh, they were always kind of the older guys, um, you know, playing the, the higher level ITFs and the junior slams. And, uh, and always kind of looking up to them and trying to follow their path as, as young Americans. So I think um, you know with with uh, Sebastian Corda and Jensen and myself uh, coming up and doing well these these past couple months, um, you know I think it's definitely pushed them, uh, those older guys a little bit away. Um, and uh, you know, I, I don't think it'll be too long when, um, when we'll all be at, at kind of like that same level, same ranking wise uh, to play at these uh, higher level tournaments. It's, it's pretty interesting because there are a slew of Americans inside the top 100.
3: It's just kind of been that, well, when's somebody going to win a slam? Do you do you do you feel that yet? I, I'm sure you're starting to get those questions about American men's tennis at this point, right?
4: Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw something the other day where it was the most Americans in the top 100 uh, for a while now. And, uh, you know, that's obviously really cool to see um, all the fellow Americans doing well out there and uh, some of the young ones uh, coming up, uh, coming up the rankings and also the, the older veterans uh, still out there playing at a high level and, and still at that high ranking. So uh, it's cool to see American tennis doing well out there. And, and you know, hopefully, uh, I mean, sometime in the future, uh, one of us will, will win a slam my pleasure to get to sit with marcos giron and and marcos
3: um you have now qualified i believe eight times for atp events in in 12 tries in the last year and i, I guess um what does that mean to you in terms of you know how, how you've been able to build this successful ranking here over the last couple of years
5: oh thanks yeah i actually i didn't know that stat but uh you know, I think a lot of it comes down to belief. I think belief in yourself and trust that, you, that I have the game. I mean, I, I've talked about it before. There's, I don't know, 2018, I played a, a series of, I don't know, 20 matches that I had lost where I was up a set or break or breaking a third. And so I've been on the other side of of losing and then having to go over and, and maybe not trusting my ability. And I think I, I, I've been able to go through, go over that hurdle. And so for me, I think having trust in my ability and also since COVID has happened, I've, I've been playing my game. I mean, every guy that's here is very good and you cannot take anybody for granted. And I think I've been able to elevate and play well when I've needed to. Um, and this last year has been giving me a lot of confidence because I've played only ATP events and I've been exposed to these, these players. And so it gives, that also gives me more belief in my ability
3: where did that come from because you and we'll, we'll get to it but you have definitely had some real hardships yeah. here over the last couple of years some real ups and downs so yeah. where has that self-belief where, where did it come from for you uh, it's you know it's uh, it's it's tough
5: uh, it's hard to point out one thing I think when you when you lose a lot you kind of have to reassess things that you, you, like, eventually you you hit a rock bottom and you decide you know what am I just going to keep going this way or not and, I, and I, I had to like really adjust my mentality and so that's, and I think a lot of guys here, if you look at the level of what people are able to do just ability wise, there's not that much difference between a guy, the guys on the top versus guys that are lower ranked, you know, X's and O's, but but when it comes down to pressure times, you see them pl- elevate and play their best where maybe in the lower rankings they don't and so I think I, think I, had, I just had to reevaluate things and uh, and yeah, now, and now that I'm, I am winning a lot more matches, qualifying for these tournaments, that also gives me confidence when I get into these situations also. So it kind of builds on itself.
3: Yeah, when we talk about the beginning of your career after leaving UCLA and NCAA championship, I mean, the peak of college tennis, yeah. right? And I remember early in your career where you were kind of that guy who would run and swat, run and swat, yeah. and you were so physically gifted, but it just wasn't able to make that jump that ability to get deep in challengers and then also obviously yeah. the ATP levels. Then you have this, obviously the traumatic injury and many people don't know about it. So can you kind of explain what you went through physically yeah. during that stretch?
5: Yeah, of course, you know, I, you know, I don't necessarily feel like a small guy, but here on tour at 5'10", 5'11", I, I'm not, I'm not the, you know, I'm not, uh, Opelka Pops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so, uh, no, to be uh, and so I rely a lot on my physicality. I rely a lot on my movement. Of course, I don't see myself as a defensive player, but everybody hits the ball so damn big that I do. You, I have to, you know, I have to get to a lot of shots. Right, like, and it, it's just the way it is. And so my, really, when I came out of college, I, I, I felt like you know my, I've been, I've been winning futures. Like, I'm, I'm kind of you know not maybe I, I won NCA's, winning the vast majority of my college matches. I'm moving upwards and it's a tra- good trajectory, and. And the pros are tough. you got to get used to losing. And also I started losing, and, and a lot of it was every time that I really ramped up my, my training and kept playing, like when I would win a good match, my, my body kind of let me down. I started feeling, I was like I would get pain, and I was weak out of the corners. And it kind of took a long time to realize what was the issue. And it, it just got, it got to be very frustrating because I just felt like I didn't have, I wasn't able to put my best tennis out there, and I wasn't able to get, traction and get momentum and build on momentum and it was that that was very frustrating so when i finally was like you know what this is this is going to get done like it 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 sucks knowing that you're going to be out for nine ten months but it's there's also a there's a peace in knowing you know there's a solution to this i'm going to adjust and i'm going to you know hopefully come back stronger on the other side
3: what was the for people who don't know what was the injury what was the surgery yeah
5: so i had torn labrums in both my right and the left hip um, they had a sh- I had a cam impingement, so they had to shave down one of the uh, the femur head to make sure that the uh, or no no the uh, the one of the hip bones to make sure my femur has a little bit more space, um, and, and 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 so that it wouldn't tear on the labrum anymore. And then I had to get the labrum repaired, reattached. and it, it was about like a month of non weight bearing. And I, I actually got the two surgeries six weeks apart, and then get starting rehab again and building up, and then bam, back on the <laughs> you yeah. know back under the knife, and. Uh, during the time, it, it was just it was just a slow process. I was actually I, I was fortunate to have a really good physical therapist who, you know, you know what you do this once, do it right, and take your time. Don't rush it. It's very easy to do because you kind of feel, you can, you feel pretty good afterwards. Yeah, a lot of muscles that get get atrophied, but uh, but I, I think it was it, we did a really good job of taking the time and making
3: sure through this process to do it well. That's a hard thing to do because if memory serves, Marcos, your, your ranking was around 250-ish, yeah. 300-ish at the time. Yeah. A lot of people, they have that long of a layoff, they're not gonna be coming back if they haven't maybe hit into the top 100 at that point. So how did you manage to find the wherewithal to come back and say, I'm gonna be stronger? On top of it, I'm gonna be more aggressive. I've certainly seen that in your game as well, just to kind of use that time productively.
5: Yeah, I. <laughs> I mean, I guess I got, had nothing but time, so I could really take a <laughs> take a take a look back, look at what was doing well and what what, what really wasn't working, and uh, and so it, I was also uh, I was able to be the volunteer assistant at UCLA at the time, and so it, I was still seeing tennis. I could see what what was happening. I was able to watch Mackey play. Who I mean, he was, and a lot of the other guys play, and and kind of. You know, you take a step away from it and kind of have a have a you know a bird's eye view on what's happening. Because when you're in the match, when you're playing and you're competing, it's it's sometimes hard to take a step away, especially because there's there's you're playing 25, 30 tournaments a, a year, and so you lose a match, and you're kind of like, well, what happened there? What you know? And you got you gotta you gotta start worrying about the logistics of getting to the next tournament. You know, who am I gonna hit with? And it's it's sometimes. It's much easier said than done to actually have that time to be able to you know be like you know what what, what what's happening here why why am I losing ma- why am I losing matches and why am I winning matches, and to have like a, and it's just very it's much easier said than done and so it was it was, you know it's a blessing in disguise to have that time away.
3: You also have a, a an incredibly good support staff. I've had the opportunity to meet your your lovely girlfriend who's in her residency <laughs> yeah. now as well. One thing I know about her, her name's Becca, she has an incredible perspective on life. She has had this opportunity to travel overseas to impoverished nations. And I'm wondering how much that has rubbed off on you in terms of that layoff and just kind of that understanding and acceptance of how lucky and blessed you might be.
5: Yeah, no, I, I'm very thankful to have Becca in my life and, uh, and, uh, and a lot of people, you know, my family and friends, everybody. I feel all no, my good friends are very genuine and it, it's it's to, to hey, <laughs> yeah she she went to uh, she, she went to um, she went to Jordan to see Syrian refugees to do a, a study on the resilience and talking about people that have seen crazy stuff and I'm out here worrying about a tennis match it's mm-hmm. it's it definitely gives you a perspective on these people who have had their lives taken away you know have almost nothing except for family and you know, have loved ones killed and, you know, you kind of take, you know, life for granted, especially when you're coming and traveling. And, and so it absolutely gives me a perspective on, on what I'm doing. And I, I know I'm very fortunate and thankful to be given this opportunity. And, and absolutely, I think, I think you need to be realistic with, with what's going on in the world and connected to what's happening in the world and all the terrible things that other people go through and be able to enjoy what, what you're doing, but also understand the, the hardships other people go through
3: with that being said you then are able to come back and as i mentioned a few minutes ago it felt different to me from my my outsider's perspective in terms of you were taking the racket out of people's hands now much more so than you had in the past what changed in terms of how you played the games and and how has it continued to improve over the last couple of years
5: um yeah absolutely it's (laughs) yeah i'm not the biggest guy but i do see myself as an aggressive aggressive player and and these, everybody's too good. They've got so many weapons. If you let them play and you let them be comfortable and you let them attack, they're gonna win. And I've learned a lot of the hard <laughs> way I met too many times. Uh, but then also, you know, I played Del Potro a few years ago. That was kind of when I first, that was like my first experience at an ATP event where I qualified and played a guy who was top, you know, and that was my, and I played the match. and. I went down a break, and I, I was able to play some incredible tennis. I served for the first set, and, and that was kind of the, where I was like, you know, my, my level is actually, I can, you know, I can play at that level, you know. It's, and also when I played him, I, I realized, you know, he's, I, I had him down break point early. Absolutely no panic, serve, short ball, boom, winner. I was up serving for the match, er, for serving for the first set, 5-4, zero panic. He was consistent when he got the opportunity. He went for it he hit his targets and was aggressive and there's zero you know zero hesitation <laughs> and it's amazing. It's a little bit of second guessing, yeah. and he, you, a lot of matches are lost.
3: It's funny because that was the match that popped in my yeah. head. I remember you telling me a story about yeah, it, how you said oh, you just wanted to have that one point where you traded four hands with yeah, him. Yeah. I remember you telling yeah, me yeah, that yeah. a couple of years ago and how much it changed things for you. Yeah, that's, that, that, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to beat him in a 4 rally, <laughs> and I did. <laughs> so um, now you've, I mean, again, you have had this incredible run the last couple yeah. of years and where does it go next what's how how do you continue to improve um over the next several months
5: well i'm gonna take one match at a time i mean i would love to break in top 50 of course i want to be a top 30 top 20 top 10 player but taking steps at a time i would love to be in contention winning an hp event i would love to be in the semis finals winning an event and uh, being second week of the slams um everybody's damn good but uh you know i'm seeing a lot of these uh, other americans break through mackie <laughs> making the finals at dc which is awesome that he played some sick ten- tennis there yeah Kordahu, Korda, who quarter nakashima a lot of these a lot of these guys are making runs and so i've played with them and uh i know that i can i can play at that level and so i you know that's where i want to be you're listening to
0: the atp tennis radio podcast, podcast. Finally this week, we have two stars of the ATP and WTA Tours swapping notes. Felix auger is having such a good year. He's in the mix for both the next-gen finals in Milan, which he can still qualify for, and the NITO ATP finals in Turin. Now, of course, with Tony Nadal in his corner, he's been talking coaching with America's Jennifer Brady. How are you doing?
6: I'm
7: good. How are you, good. Felix?
0: Good, good.
6: Should I call you Daniel or Jennifer?
7: No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> good one. Good one. Okay. <laughs> so, Felix, um, I've noticed you had a new coaching change.
6: It's never, you know, easy to 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 break up or to separate from a coach that you really appreciate and you really like. But then I felt like it was time for me to move on to to something new, maybe something else, and and add somebody that had, you know, uh, a lot of experience from the high level and that had won the biggest tournaments uh, in the sport before. Uh, so with my current coach, uh, we decided to add Tony Nadal to our team. And uh, it's been going really well. I feel like I'm you know, learning a lot from him, from his experience, but he also gives me um, live feedback whenever we're together. And it's, um, it's a good add to the team. And uh, like we talked about uh, before, I feel like I like him a lot as a person too. And um, I like his values, So it's, uh, it's something really important to me as well. You know, what's interesting in tennis is that pretty much you're your own boss in a way, and you hire a coach. Uh, you pay a coach to then tell you uh, what you have to do, kind of, or or you kind of direct the practices and all that, where in other jobs, it's the opposite, right? So I always thought it was an uh, interesting uh, dynamic uh, in tennis. I don't know how you feel about that, about that or how you deal with it. Uh, but, you know, I think in the end for me, if you pay a coach, but you want honesty and you want really transparency when you talk to each other
7: yeah um, I think you know um, someone once told me um, you know it's an investment Um, it's an investment in yourself so you know to to go out there and um, you know pay for somebody to tell you what to do I think is um, something that you also have to you have to have that trust in them that they're going to give you the the best advice to to better yourself and um, I think that's That's also something that you want to look for in a coach um you want to have that respect that you can trust them and you know everything that they're saying to you 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 agree with but um, of course there's going to be you know times where you don't agree but you know most of the time i think you want to be on the same on the same wavelength and um, that's definitely really important
6: yeah i couldn't agree more when you get to a level on tour where you can uh, have your own coach that's traveling with you throughout the whole year and then on my side also get a help from you know a mentor or a second coach that can kind of uh Help out uh, and, and do some weeks as well, and uh, and also help in the dynamic, and and you can learn from and have uh, another set of eyes. It's always good, and I think that's what it is because, of course, it's individual sport. We don't have access to a lot of coaching during the match, but it's good to have uh, you know outside a eye that's looking out for mistakes or things you could improve. Yeah. So one other thing that we have a difference between the WTA and the ATP is the fact that you're allowed to have on-court coaching. I don't know how you feel about on-court coaching. If it's something you use, something you like, or, or not that much.
7: Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's times where I where I've called my coach out for for no reason, just out of frustration because you know I've lost maybe two, three games in a row, and I'm just freaking out. And um, It's not really necessary in that point but sometimes it helps um you know just to for me just let off some steam um you know just let out what i'm what i'm feeling what i'm thinking and then also just to get the the confirmation the feedback that you know what i'm thinking and what i'm seeing or what i think i should be doing it's also you know what he's thinking from the outside because it's always even just watching a match when you're watching you can see so much more than from the inside it's it's you see both sides of it so i think um you know it's great in that perspective um i think uh maybe it's not it's not mandatory it's not necessary um because you know tennis is such an individual sport um i think you know we we all are out there battling on our own for ourselves and yeah um, finding ways yeah finding ways and i think that's that's what's so unique about tennis you know you're out there alone and you're the one it's almost like chess you're playing and um, figuring things out yourself
6: it's great i mean it's funny you compare it to chess i've always kind of compared it to that i feel like once you get on the court it's kind of like you've worked before and now it's about finding ways on your own and it's really a gratifying thing when you feel like uh okay it sucks when you lose but when you win and you 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 felt like you found your own ways and you found a way to to dig deep and find solutions it's always really gratifying so the toughest question now. <laughs> if you were my coach, what would you recommend I do or improve? Or what things am I doing well already?
7: I mean, I think you're very professional. I think you take it very serious. Uh, I see you you know, outside the court. You're probably one of the most professional guys out there, um, especially at such a young age. Uh, I have huge respect for you in that <laughs> regard. Um, your game is great I really enjoy watching you um, I-, I would like to see you finish more points at the net yeah I think that would be that That's would be fantastic yeah. but other than that I mean uh, I'm not your coach you have a great a great <laughs> team behind you and I'm sure that you know you should listen to everything that they say
6: no we got to be open to criticism yeah. you know, we got to be we got open yeah. it's, it's positive and it's constructive criticism okay. so okay good. it's good and likewise I really enjoy uh, your game I uh, remember when you won your first title uh, last year? Um, that's always, you know, an important moment in everybody's career. So I think that was great, you know, great to see. And then, of course, you know, we all remember the start of, of your year. I mean, and you've been playing fantastic ever since. And, you know, I like your game because I think you you have a lot of possibilities. Um, so, you know, you hit every shot that the game has. You, you come into the net probably maybe more than me almost. <laughs> and uh, you do everything you serve really well, I think. So uh, I wouldn't have much to say outside to just, you know, uh, keep going, trying to be more and more consistent and and more and more precise, and that's all we're trying to do, you know, as players is uh, to have you know great shots that are more and more precise and, and consistent. So, but yeah. you do everything really well so far. So, yeah. congrats on that. Thanks, Felix. Well, Jen, Jenny, uh, Jennifer, okay. thank you. <laughs> it was great to to talk and to you know share a little conversation about uh, you know our two tours and how we see uh the the life on tour and and coaching uh in that sense so uh anyway it was great talking and uh, i like your ideas
7: yeah thanks felix i really enjoyed talking with you and uh i'll see you around yeah we'll see you around. all right
0: plenty more to come from tennis united over the coming weeks but for now that is it i'm seb lozier join us again next week and remember listen out for our live atp tennis radio coverage of the BNP Paribas Masters in Indian Wells from this coming Thursday with coverage starting shortly before the very first match of each day. And you can get all the orders of play, remember, and the latest news, video, statistics, everything else on the ATP Tour website, atptour.com and the ATP Tour app. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the tennis.